0: Thank you for stopping by this science fiction podcast from Third Flatiron Publishing in Boulder, Colorado. It's time to go to the red planet, Mars. Today we're presenting the short story Eurydice in Capricorn by Neil James Hudson. Neil was born in a small town near Reading in the UK, which he declares to be one of the most determinately normal places on Earth. He went to university in Norwich and later moved to a small rural backwater to be with his partner. Neil also writes comedy sketches and has dabbled in being a stand up. He's published about two dozen stories since 2007. Neil has a story coming soon in an erotic science fiction anthology from Circuit Press. Visit his website at neiljameshudson.net, where his collection, The End of the World A User's Guide, is available for sale. Our thanks to Neil James Hudson for this thought-provoking story, which first appeared in the Third Flatiron anthology, Redshifted, Martian Stories. For more from Third Flatiron, check out our website at thirdflatiron.com and subscribe on iTunes. And now, here's Eurydice in
1: Capricorn, read by Christine Guzzi. Eurydice in Capricorn. By Neil James Hudson. Eurydice in Aries, the start of the cycle. This is a good time to start any project that contributes to colonizing the new world and abandoning the old one. Officially, it's called Dome One, but we all call it Bradbury City and to hell with the bureaucrats. Everybody has a copy of the Martian Chronicles. In fact, there is only one book which exists in more copies, and that is Martian Astrology by Jasper Brett. I am not proud. Of course I don't believe a word of it. Nobody does. Certainly not the clients who come to me for readings or who avidly study my pages as if they contain some genuine wisdom. As one of my regular clients puts it, of course I don't believe it, but that doesn't stop it being true. Her name is Kara. She works in communications and tells me as little as I tell her. I get my tablet to plot the positions of the various celestial bodies, both now and when she arrived on this world. But I come up with the readings myself, feeling that I wouldn't be giving value for money if I got a program to do it. I pretend to know her real self, and she pretends to be surprised. But I appreciate her company and always look forward to our meetings. I sometimes even think we might have made a good couple if but I don't know what if. Eurydice in Taurus. Persistence is the watchword here, even to the point of stubbornness. Doubts must be overcome, even persistent and stubborn ones. I invented Martian astrology, because if I hadn't, someone else would have, and I could do it better. There are a few changes. Firstly, Mars is out of the picture. You're standing on it, so its movements are irrelevant. Instead, you have Earth passing through the constellations. It represents what is precious, what you would fight for, what we have lost. Earth's moon doesn't count, but Phobos and Dimas are major players. I decided that Phobos was easy enough, representing our fears. deimos then, was a counter, our hopes. Dimus is physically smaller, but on my charts, they are the same size, balancing each other. Phobos is rising now. At that same reading, Kara asked me about this. It's not for me. It's for other people, I said. I did a reading for the president once. He didn't believe it either, but he encouraged me. He said it gave people some meaning in their lives, some sense of purpose, the one thing we desperately need. But is there no part of it, you believe? said Kara, hunting in her pockets for a worthless currency to pay me in. There's one part, I believe, I said, but that's just for me. Tell me, she said. Eurydice in Gemini. No point trying to be decisive. Much better to adapt to situations as they arrive and rationalize your actions afterwards. I led her outside. We walked part of the dome that was transparent to the sky. I always believed that the air tasted artificial, but blind tests on Earth had never proven a difference. I looked up and watched the small light between Castor and Pollux, its movement imperceptible. You invented an astrology about Eurydice? Why not? It's the most important thing in the sky. We were silent for a few seconds, in which I imagined that the dome wasn't there and we were naked to the elements. Do you think the names were ill-starred? Yes, but what names aren't? Virtually everyone in classical mythology come to a sticky end. No one told those of us on Orpheus not to look back. Quite the opposite. We were supposed to eagerly anticipate Eurydice's arrival. Whatever happened, it has nothing to do with the myth. Did you have a family on it? I was aware of how much I was telling her that I had told no one before, but I also couldn't think of a reason to keep it secret. We were married, but only on Earth, and I am not on Earth, and he is not on Mars. Of course she wanted me to ask her about her story rather than tell my own, but I suppose we're all self-obsessed here. Eurydice in Cancer This is time to consider those to whom you are loyal and those for whom you care, and to work out who they are. Eurydice represents your other half, I said, literally. The part of you that is hidden, not just from other people, but from yourself. The part with which you need to be reunited in order to become whole again. Eurydice was larger than Opheus. We were the advance party, joining with the eight people who had already landed with just enough tools and materials to build a habitable settlement. Eurydice followed a year behind with far more materials and many more people to turn our makeshift shanty town into a proper city. When Jared and I had learned that we would not be on the same ship We nearly abandoned our dream together. We stayed up many nights talking, trying to weigh our desire, our need to be married on Mars with the separation that it would entail. The trip took two years, which meant it would be three before we met again. We compared ourselves to Odysseus and Penelope and decided that our love was strong enough to survive those three years. Eurydice arrived in Mars orbit on schedule three months ago, and at each of our readings, I would ask Hera the same question. Any word from the ship? And each time, she would reply, You know there isn't. Eurydice in Leo. At this stage, you will be at your most confident and ambitious. There is no point trying to avoid mistakes, as you will make them anyway. I ran through the meanings I had devised for the positions of the ship in the sky. Publish it, said Kara. No, it was a private game. Seriously? You said this gives people meaning to their lives. Well, make that meaningful. She gestured to the point in the sky where the silent ship fell in its orbit. Okay, I found myself saying. I felt guilty about adding to the trash that I'd already produced. But part of me felt pride. We were a new land with no history or mythology of our own. I was writing the new lore. Did it have to be real? The original Orpheus wasn't. My work wasn't rubbish. It was a kind of a folk tale that might still be told in millennia. I looked at my notes. They were brief, only 200 words and I knew I would have to expand them to book length. Perhaps I could work some stories in creating a new mythology. Perhaps I could make some vague predictions. Eurydice's symbol on my charts was a capital H, representing its real shape. I had a quick look at its future movements and laughed out loud. We were only two months away from an astrological event, a triad with Phobos and Earth, I could hang something on that, pretend something important would happen. At least it gave me a deadline. And suddenly, I had the idea. Eurydice in Virgo. Your analytical and logical side will come to the fore. You will realize, logically, that you are overanalyzing, but only through self-analysis. The worst thing about Eurydice... that we don't even know if its passengers are alive or dead. Even the mythological Orpheus has that knowledge. They entered our orbit as expected, then cut all communication. The landing craft never exited the ship. They made no maneuver, not even any minor external repair. But there is no reason why they should have died. I do not know which I prefer. If Jared is up there, stranded, within sight of the planet where we were to marry, or if one day we will open the airlocks and discover the corpses, unburied and unmourned. Earth has no answers, they too lost contact, and they refuse to send a relief ship until they know what happened, which they can't find out without sending a ship. Sometimes I ask myself, how long will I wait before I declare myself single again? I am sure that I won't move on until long after that. But when do I give up? It has already been over three years. People often ask me if my charts show when something will happen, when they either land or when we can prove they are dead. My answers are almost always noncommittal. Until today, the triad shows it. The triad means something will happen. It doesn't, of course. How could it? But aren't our myths more important than our realities? Eurydice in Libra. You are at your most diplomatic, managing situations rather than winning them, always with a nagging doubt that you've made one compromise too far. My meeting with Kara and the president... In fact, there wasn't much for Halder to be president of, but he'd been elected properly, and we intended to keep Mars democratic. But you admit yourself this is nonsense, he said, scratching his nose nervously. What if nothing happens? Then I explain it away. I'm an astrologer. We always have an excuse. You're still sending constant messages to the ship, I take it. Halder looked at Kara, who nodded. But never a reply, she said. So you'll have told them about Martian astrology? She looked embarrassed. Only a little. Then tell them everything, and tell them about the triad, Earth, Phobos, and Eurydice. Tell them it means something. Halder took his hand from his nose, only for it to land on his ear. But what is that supposed to achieve? It gives them a clue, I said. It gives them a deadline. If they're alive, they're trying to solve whatever's gone wrong. But they probably got used to it. This says, Mars expects something on this day. Take the risk. Go the extra mile. If you're going to do something, do it now. And besides, I spoke to Kara again. After all this time, have you really got anything new to tell them? Halder looked at Kara, who merely shrugged. Very well, he said. Teach them Martian astrology. Tell them we all believe it. And tell them that it kicks off with the triad. Eurydice in Scorpio. You are at your most resourceful, able to solve any problem that comes your way. Besides, you will need to. Within a day, everyone on Mars knew about my prediction. So did Earth, and if they were listening, so did Eurydice. Everyone on Mars is a celebrity. There are too few of us to be unknowns, but my own status increased dramatically with my nonsensical deadline. I was broadcast throughout the dome, And although the presenter shook her head comically afterwards, she told us to tune in on the day. Halder came to me for another reading. He wanted to know about the triad day. It will be in Capricorn, I said. Your leadership will come to the fore. It is meaningless and harmless to tell a president he has leadership skills. He nodded. He seemed less nervous than when I had last seen him, as if he had finally made a difficult decision. The triad is a deadline for me as well as for Eurydice, he said. The dome won't last forever, and we don't have the tools to mine for new materials. We need what's on the ship. If they don't move, we will. Should you be telling me this, I said? Nothing is secret here. We'll build tools with what we can, mine what we can, recycle what we can, and finally we'll create what we need to bring the cargo to Mars. I looked at him, not understanding. A missile, he said. Eurydice in Sagittarius. The most important thing to you now is your freedom, but you are not free. If I hadn't set the deadline for Jarrett's freedom, I'd set it for his execution. The Martian colonists would work together to build the device that knocked Eurydice out of its orbit, crashing it to the surface so we could salvage what we could and bury its dead. We were here to make this world the second human planet. We were here to take over Mars as we had taken over Earth. Fragments of my husband would reign over us as the price. Finally, I realized the nature of the deadline I had set. It would be the day when I was free to move on. Jarrett either lived and was on his way, or was presumed dead. Kara came to my room later that evening, not for a reading, but just for company. She too knew of Halder's decision. We talked into the night about trivia and fantasies, memories of the distant past, and dreams of the far future. We didn't mention Eurydice, and I didn't ask her the question I had never asked, who she knew on the ship. And she didn't tell me. And above us, the ship kept to its orbit as if oblivious to deadlines. Eurydice in Capricorn. Now is the time to take on responsibilities and leadership, even if the only person you can lead is yourself. I was in the control room on the day itself. A camera was pointed at me, and I was being interviewed by the same presenter who had shaken her head when I first made my prediction. Kara was sending regular messages to Eurydice and listening out for any replies. While Halder sat grim-faced, and it was Kara who first broke the news. "'It's moving,' she said. We all rushed to where she sat, as if there were a picture of the ship on a screen. In fact, none of us understood any of the numbers that scrolled up. "'The ship's moving?' I asked incredulous. "'It's broken orbit.' "'But what about the landing craft?' "'Shuttles?' "'It's broken orbit.' she repeated. But it can't land, I said. Halder understood what was happening. Where's it heading, Kara? he asked. Impossible to tell, she said, but it's going outwards, at a guess, back to Earth. Halder nodded to himself, as if he'd been expecting this. What's Earth saying, I asked. Nothing, she said. They've broken off all communication. She looked up at me then. A wonderful shot for the camera. Nice one, she said to me. Eurydice in Aquarius. Cling to your independence. Break all ties. Run from restrictions. You can regret it another time. I struggled to think. Mars is a one-way trip, I said. They can't carry the fuel or supplies for a return journey not with the people and equipment as well. Nonetheless, they're leaving, said Halder. Looks like they had the fuel after all. But then, it didn't make any sense. They always intended to go home. They were never going to land. Still, no signal from Earth, said Kara. They've left us. Halder left the room. We needed that equipment. The hell we did, said Kara. I saw that she was shaking with rage, and it seemed to be directed at me. We'll have difficulty making it on our own, but we'll manage it. We'll open minds. It will be slow, but we'll never give up. The more we achieve, the faster we'll go, and the day will come when we'll rebuild Orpheus and send it back to Earth. And when we arrive, they'd better have better answers than a. She stood up and spat the last word into my face. A triad. I waited until everyone else had left, almost frightened by the sense of overriding purpose that had glared in Kara's eyes. I knew that the other colonists would agree and that Halder would open the first clumsy minds as soon as was physically possible. So that's why they did it, I said out loud. Then I went to my room and packed up all my charts. We wouldn't be needing them anymore. Eurydice in Pisces. And now to remember compassion and remember that cycles don't begin or end. They just keep on cycling. Actually, I've no idea where Eurydice is anymore. My computer could tell me, but no one cares. I was right about Halder. I've never seen him move so fast. Our tools are toys, and our skills are weak. But once we start mining for metals, we can make better tools. We can take over this planet without waiting for the next handout from the mother world. If I were still practicing astrology, I would change the meanings. Earth would become the thing you most hate, and Eurydice would be your traitorous side. The part that works against you. Kara waited only until the next day before coming to see me. I wanted to apologize, she said. I shouldn't have been so rude to you yesterday. In fact, your deadline did us all a favor. I shrugged. Everyone blames Orpheus for looking back, I said. No one ever considered that Eurydice didn't leave the underworld because she didn't want to. I wouldn't know, she said. I only know that Earth and Eurydice have given us a sense of purpose we've never had before. I didn't tell her I thought this was deliberate, and she gave me an awkward hug. It was awkward because it went on too long, and I thought, to hell with Jarrett, to hell with the Earth, to hell with the stars, and to hell with the old myths. We'll make our own stories now. The End
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from thirdflatiron.com. Music and sound production were by Andrew Cairns.